To discuss the real issues affecting Australia and New Zealand, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here are Tim Wilms and Stephen Berry, live from Melbourne, and Dewa DeBoer in New Zealand. Hello everyone, and welcome to the final ever edition of Trad Tasman Talk on this Friday, the 2nd of December, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled, live here in Melbourne, where it is 6 p.m. And, and uh, I'm Tim Berry from the BFD.co.nz, also here in Victoria. Go ahead, do I? <laughs> I am Dewa DeBoer uh, from Right Minds NZ, and uh, also sometimes on the BFD, and uh, I am here in Auckland. And uh, Origin? Uh, greetings all. Uh, yes, Origin here uh, from uh, <clears throat> slightly wet and inclement uh, Auckland, New Zealand. We probably should have rehearsed before uh, about <laughs> who, who was going to go first, second, third, fourth in the, the introductions. I know I normally do the, the spiel at the start, but uh, uh, Dewey and Stephen, you both started at the same time. <laughs> I, I saw a gap to... and went for it. And, and here I was thinking we'd go clockwise, but uh, yeah. Uh, hello to everyone in the chat. Uh, there is already people who are, are going to say they miss us, which is, uh, I guess it's it's great to uh, great to know uh, that uh, your show will be missed. Uh, we're live. Uh, well, tonight we're live on the Wilmsfront YouTube channel because the Unshackled YouTube channel got a strike uh, for the advertisement we ran for Richard Borstenkoff's Melbourne Underground Film Festival, which uh, starts tomorrow because he engaged in 2020 election uh, denial, so, which is still against YouTube's policies. We're also on the Right Minds YouTube channel and also on the Right Minds Facebook page. And of course, Entropy, uh, if you want to give us a, a farewell uh, gift in the form of a super chat, we'll be having an extended Q&A uh, throughout the final show. And yes, this is the, the final uh, regular Trad Tasman talk show. Um, I do still promise that I will return uh, on Wilms front or something similar next year, at least a few times. So uh, this is not the end uh, forever. Uh, but next year, uh, we've got an election year in New Zealand. I'll be focused uh, more on that. And also, my family is getting older. The kids are getting older. They're staying up later. Um, and even just this, this evening, I had to chase the oldest one out of here before the show. Uh, so it just doesn't quite work out for me anymore at this point in my life. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I'll definitely continue doing commentary and, and appearing every now and then uh, on the internet. Yeah, and unfortunately, I have to focus on uh, having a job and <laughs> doing boring 40-year-old shit. Uh, so that will occupy me for a wee while. Hey, I'm a stupid moron, says, it's if it's the final show, why not go scorched earth? Kanye, <laughs> of the way. Uh, we've managed to make it the whole way through without getting any strikes on the Right Minds uh, YouTube channel. Uh, but yes, yeah, there's I'm, always. I'm also on board with dead naming uh, Kanye West. I saw there was a complaint about that earlier. Uh, we, we, I will be dead naming Kanye West uh, during this, the show definitely. 
I call him by his, uh, his, well, what is his name now, which is Yi, uh, as you shouldn't, uh, like, I, I always believe that the, the humor's in playing along. So, like you wouldn't dead name a trans person, uh, you shouldn't dead name just somebody who's changed their, their name because they want to. Does he have a surname or a middle name? It's just Yi. No, that's it. He, that was his name on Twitter, was his name on Twitter because he's been permanently <laughs> suspended after his Alex Jones interview and uh, Elon Musk, Twitter owner, tweeted F-A-F-O, uh, which stands for fuck around and, and find out because, well, at least Elon Musk is transparent in what speech is not allowed. So Holocaust denial, Sandy Hook denial and 9-11 denial is not allowed on Twitter. I think the 2020 election mm -hmm. denial is still allowed. So maybe I'll post the the uh, the Melbourne Underground Film Festival video there. On, on, yeah, you should. And if anybody just saw Amy uh, hovering around in the background there, she was supposed to be on the show with us, um, but one of the kids is unfortunately sick. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a little bit hard to do the show together when the kids are throwing up in the background. So, uh, but uh, she's she's still she's still hovering around. You might see her in the chat later if she's able to, and uh, she'll say goodbye. Uh, she's she she's on mother duties, which of course <laughs> is is women's first. Uh, sh it should be their first priority. Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's controversial for the final show. <laughs> Well, see, um, I th I think naming himself Yi it just sounds like an Old Testament pronoun. People do use that. You do use that joke, uh, but it's a it's a plural, plural form of you. Hmm. But anyway, I'm not really. It's it's he's dropping off the the can the can Yi like that. That's where it comes from. I don't know why, but I don't think we should ask why Kanye does things. Uh, we should just laugh at them and enjoy them. I thought it was. Oh, well, um, I thought it was uh, uh, yay, as in like yay, Kanye, right? Like like just yay for Kanye. Yeah, but I know we've got like a tradition of mispronouncing names here on this show, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the reason uh, why yeah, why you Origin became our voiceover Ooh. man is because uh, the original voiceover man when we were trans tasman talk uh, we changed the name because uh, trans now has a has Negative a connotations yes yes it's it's most prominent meaning now is uh, transgender even though the term uh, trans tasman is used to well signify the the tasman sea uh, between australia be yes <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah. Yeah, Morgan Monroe was our original voiceover uh, man, but, but but even though we've corrected the pronunciation of my name in the in the uh, the, the titles, you've still managed to mispronounce my name every single show. Uh, you've kept the tradition alive. It's, it's it's very very tolerant of you to because uh, you could have accused me of uh, anti-Dutch racism. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm I fully support name name racism. That's Perfectly, perfectly fine with that. Well, yes, everyone because... spells mine with a V or pronounces it with a F, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. Well, your uh, first name or surname? My first name. I get Stefan quite often. 
and I just don't bother. I, we've got a, a question from Granny Annie. Hope Stephen didn't get uh, poison to get a job. Uh, I think we know what he, he did like it for fun. Bird. He got poisoned for fun. Yeah, yeah. I, of course, I got two shots. I wouldn't have a job otherwise. Well, I I got two shots as well. Both me and Stephen got AstraZeneca. Do uh, uh, your pure blood? What about you, Origin? Uh, I I have a policy of neither confirming nor denying. Yeah, so I just well, like to keep we, I, I know the truth, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Well, we're, well, me and Stephen and Origin hasn't confirmed nor denied, but so the rest of us, we're we're all still alive a, a year <laughs> later. And I mentioned last week after seeing uh, died suddenly they the documentary. Uh, the the experts that they interviewed said there's about if there's not a side effect right away, uh, then the 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 time when it most is likely to occur if you get one is five months later. And my second jab was over a year ago. So after watching that, I was like, phew. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think I've I've survived. I'm alright. And I still got fired from a job despite being poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's, it's not worth it. Tolerant bigot, Stevens. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. speaking on the the subject of vaccination, uh, and uh, the, one of the big stories in New Zealand this week was the being the case of a four month old baby who needs open heart surgery, and the parents uh, wanted to wanted the baby to be supplied with unvaccinated blood, uh, which uh, triggered a response from the hospital to take them to court in order to get temporary custody of the baby so they could operate on him with vaccinated blood. Um, unfortunately, they're being represented by Sue Gray, uh, so I'm not sure how I rate their chances, um, seeing that her focus tends to be on the science of the vaccine, which, uh, you know, the court will probably always defer to expert opinion on that rather than focusing primarily on the subject of parental rights and or medical rights, parental authority, and so on, um, because it is uh, it is possible to get uh, to source your own donors for blood transfusions. Uh, it's not recommended, but it's definitely possible. Uh, but it's being denied in their case because the powers that be believe it will undermine the system. They basically don't want people to uh, uh, start putting in uh, requests for unvaccinated blood and uh, uh, making them look silly. So. Uh, they're happy to uh, deny reality in, in any way possible when it comes to the uh, trans agenda, as we mentioned. Uh, perfectly happy if you come into hospital and chop your bits off. But uh, if you would like to source your own unvaccinated blood for a blood transfusion, then they will take you to court. Curiously, um, there are cases of Jehovah's Witnesses who, of course, <laughs> refuse blood transfusions, actually uh, pre uh, taking their blood out and storing it for the operation later so they can get around that. But I imagine you can't do that with a four-month-old baby. Mm -hmm. uh, no. So they're, they're making various arguments as to why they want to do it this way. But the main argument seems to effectively be uh, they're denying the, the progressive system, right? They're, they're, they're science deniers, and so they need to be punished. They need to be crushed because they will undermine trust in the system. That's... Uh, because they could sign off on it at any time, the New Zealand Blood Service, their doctors, they will all have the authority to sign off on this uh, request, uh, and it's not a particularly strange request either. 
uh, but but because it's COVID, uh, and possibly because uh, people like Sue Gray and Liz Gunn and uh, you know many of these uh, infamous uh, infamous anti-vaxxers are involved, they basically have decided to to try and, and crush them in court. And, and what's really right, annoying, they'll fine. take the wrong strategy on this uh, and argue the science of the vaccine, and it's completely mm. irrelevant to the case. Mm. Yeah. It is, and it's really about a value system, and we make value judgments all the time in our lives, and uh, it's always the default with um, you know, referring to basically progressive value systems is always the uh, default um, uh, method of deciding uh, matters like this, and it's just so, I'm just sick of it, it's just, it's just, yeah, it pisses me off. It's not the, it's not the, the science that is that's the problem here or a, a person just wanting to parents wanting to just, just exercise a, their conscience and make mm -hmm. medical decisions yeah, they, they genuinely right. believe they genuinely yeah. they have a genuine belief that the vaccinated blood might harm their baby whether yeah, they're wrong or not is actually completely irrelevant because yeah, yeah. it's genuine yeah, because it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's the, the same as a, as, a, as a transgender person who believes that they are a woman or if they're female yeah. and they believe that they are a man it's a, a honestly held belief it's subjective if you can't like just disprove it in any sort of empirical way um and you know it's, it's just the hypocrisy of it um it's mind-blowing really yeah, it's because they're going against the the, the narrative that yeah yeah it's they're 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 challenging the system they're undermining trust in in this you know the system the science the the science and that's why they, that's the only reason why they're being crushed because they're making a big deal uh, you know they're attacking one of the sacred cows of of uh, of the current progressive narrative. I made a joke on my Halloween special of Tim's News Explosion that being vaccinated uh, help, helps protect you from vampires because they only want pure pure bloods <laughs> these days. I mean, they're, they're going very, very hungry these days. I wonder if the mosquitoes as well, if, like obviously mosquitoes, they, they, they suck our blood normally. Like, we found out this year that they can give us the diseases like Japanese encephalitis, which can can kill us. But luckily, there's a vaccine for that. But I wonder, like the the blood sucking creatures like leeches and that. I wonder like, if the the mRNA human blood could change them. Um, I I saw a joke in which it was claimed that mosquito nets are essential for protecting mosquitoes from AIDS. Not that, not, that, uh, not that any of us would be sad if mosquitoes just were wiped from the earth. I wish I could take credit for that one, but Jimmy Carter did, did it. Did you did have you used that in one of your stand-up comedy jokes? No, no, yet? I only use my should, material. Write that down for your next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I believe there's some good COVID news from Australia, finally, as well. Yes. So a landmark case in the, the New South Wales Supreme Court with uh, 33,000 COVID fines quashed, which is about half of the, the fines that were issued in New South Wales uh, during, uh, uh, during uh, 2020 and 2021. Uh, when uh, they had the, the public health orders, so the uh, uh, so it was actually a, an ad 
the Commissioner of Fines Administration uh, accepted uh, that uh, the the people uh, the the people who were challenging their fines did not uh, uh, the information on the fines did not sufficiently state or describe the offence that they had committed, the breach of the public health orders, so did not meet the requirements of Section 20 of the Fines Act. Uh, so basically, it, the, the ruling was that it's not enough to just basically for the police to write, uh, you breach the COVID laws uh, for the fines to be valid. Uh, because a lot of these uh, these people who are challenging their their fines, they uh, they were fined for sitting on park benches, which obviously weren't hurting anyone <laughs> being outside in the in in the open air, and so uh, basically like uh, during especially during the the twenty twenty one it's New South Wales Sydney lockdown, the then police commissioner. Uh, Mick Fuller, basically, he was in a me he, in a message to his fellow officers, just basically said, you know, find people and we'll, you know, worry about it later. Well, uh, this is later, but uh, yeah, and, and still... those who held out uh, against the system, they won. They're those who decided to take the fines, not or not pay the fines, uh, they won. And I believe even people who did pay the fines have to be refunded, right? Yes, or if they've been had their uh, wage wages uh, garnished or on work orders, or they can even uh, suspend people's licenses if they have wow. unpaid fines. Uh, one of the uh, the people who was actually imprisoned uh, by uh, the uh, by uh, the New South Wales government for uh, breaching uh, COVID uh, restrictions, Anthony Kalouf of Australians versus the Agenda. Uh, made uh, this uh, how it started, how it's going video. 106 infringement notices issued in the last 24 hours. 335 penalty infringement notices issued in the last 24 hours. 162 uh, personal infringement notices issued in the last 24 hours. Uh, 75 infringement notices issued in the last uh, 24 hours. Uh, 681 penalty infringement notices issued in the last 24 hours. I am withdrawing all the fines that are related to those particular offences. Uh, so, Lady of Shalom, uh, that hideous, obese uh, uh, bug man, that was uh, Assistant uh, Commissioner Gary Warboys. And uh, obviously down here we had uh, Chief Wiggum in Luke Cornelius. Yeah. I gave Gary <laughs> Warboys the nickname uh, PC Plod, given that he, he looks like that uh, that caricature from the Naughty Books by Enid Blyton, which is in the UK a slur against <laughs> them PC plods. Um, how, the fines were ran into several thousand dollars each too, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the, the the New South Wales government during the the 2021 lockdown, they kept upping upping the fines. So from it's a uh, good way to get people to fight it in court. One thousand, <laughs> exactly. Uh, then there were some other fines that were three thousand. Then some that were five thousand. They increased the mask fine wow. from two hundred to five hundred. In Victoria, there were there was uh, 
well, there are three types of fine. There was the mask fine for $200. Then there was the breaching public health orders, which was initially 1654 then went up to 1817 And then there was uh, to you know, uh, stop people uh, meeting in public or private uh, for illegal gatherings that was around about a $5,000 fine. And, uh, of course, in the, the 2021 Victoria lockdown, when that's uh, when when Dan uh, was at his most unhinged and said, uh, uh, "You'll end up in hospital uh, if you watch the the sunset." And uh, it's, that, of course, is when we saw the the week of rage in September twenty twenty one here in in Melbourne, when the construction industry was shut down and the vaccine mandate came in for construction workers that's when dan finally uh backflipped on covid zero and we actually came out of that lockdown with like thousands and thousands of cases when he locked down over six cases and it seems that dan's idol or master uh, however you want to to refer to uh xi jinping the uh ccp president uh he is going to to backflip on covid Zero, which showed that these brave uh, Chinese uh, citizens protesting in Beijing, Shanghai, Wuhan, uh, their protests worked. And protecting themselves with nothing more than an A4 piece of paper. Yes, the, the A4 white paper revolution, because they weren't technically breaking the law. It was quite clever and... Uh, we've all seen the the uh, the hypocrisy of uh, some in the the, the West uh, cheering on the, the the Chinese protesters. They're not calling them selfish anti-science uh, cookers uh, like they did to the the protesters in the in the West. And of course, uh, Justin Trudeau has been the, the probably the the most biggest hypocrite of them all. You can see how much things have changed, uh, but no, no actual apologies or uh, uh, backdowns by leaders like um, you know, Dan Andrews and um, Justin Trudeau in particular, as they speak up for the uh, Chinese protesters, but they're never going to apologize for what they did to their own people. No, uh, uh, Dan Andrews in his victory speech on Saturday night after being re-elected for another four-year term here, his third term, so it's going to be another long uh, four, four years. It's not too late uh, to flee. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but he basically... Oh, uh, sorry, Steve, Stephen Barry fled too, Dan Andrews' utopia. <laughs> but, yeah, he basically, at the beginning of his speech, uh, basically said that it was vindication of his uh, pandemic uh, policies that uh, we were uh, united, we had care, compassion, usual gaslighting, and said uh, we believed in science because vaccines work. But how did he do it? I mean, that begs the question, really, doesn't it? What do you mean? How did he when win? They... Well, yeah, how did he win? Um, yeah, because it was, there was definitely a mood on the right, just from some of the um, commentary that I've seen from Aussie that you know, there was, you know, he was going to lose for all intents and purposes. No. Um, I think it was more biased uh, media publications well, trying yeah. to... 
and we all yeah we are all in the anti-dan circles i mean we do our best to try and uh, uh, try and list and uh, remind especially uh, victorians in our audience of uh, dan's uh, egregious human rights abuses uh, over the the past two and a half years uh, but obviously in, in a like a democracy means that if they're the people uh, they enough of them were happy with it because the polls at the mm. time still showed that for most of the lockdowns, the people were supportive and compliant. It was only towards the, the end where it sort of everyone snapped during that week of rage. But And, and it's, it's the same thing here in New Zealand, where the only reason why Jacinda is now lagging in the polls and possibly she'll lose next year, well, it'll have nothing to do with COVID. It'll have nothing to do with her lockdowns, her uh, anti-human policies. It'll all come down to, you know, is the economy going to crash? Uh, and do people hate... Uh, you know, three waters code, like the attacks on the sacred democracy, right? So her three waters co-governance legislation that attacks the sacred democracy, that's that hurts her in the polls and the economy tanking that hurts her in the polls. Uh, locking people into their houses for their for their health um, is is still propagandized as being very, very popular. Uh, you know, it's it, people in Auckland perhaps have turned on her a little bit more because we suffered under it separately. Um, but I think in Victoria, uh, it was less so because, well, you know, Victoria is largely one big city, right? Well, the biggest, most of Victoria is a big city. One, uh, and, yeah. And obviously, a, there were a lot of a, Victorians who didn't want to remember. They've wiped it from their memory. <laughs> and so yeah. Jan was very clever about a, listing what he was going to do going forward. But uh, we'll look at the, the current state of the results. Uh, the Victorian Electoral Commission is counting uh, slower than Mar Maricopa County <laughs> Arizona at the moment. So this is a week later, uh, still 76.3% counted. 53 seats have been called for the ALP. They won 55 at the last state election. The LNP are on 27. That's how, how many they won at the last state election. And the Greens on four. So uh, the, the ALP have actually gained three seats. Uh, two in eastern metropolitan Melbourne, where the, the middle class live, who probably didn't mind lockdown. So no wonder they rewarded Dan there. The, the seat of Hastings uh, down, uh, that's, the, that's the town where I uh, grew up. Uh, Labor has won with their celebrity candidate, uh, Paul Mercurio, from, who played uh, Scott Hastings in uh, Strictly Ballroom. Now he's the, the member uh, for Hastings. Uh, so the Liberals uh, won back Hawthorne. So John Prosciutto, who is a modern Liberal, he's the front runner uh, to be the new Liberal opposition leader or be between him and Berwick MP uh, Brad Batten, who is very centrist as well. So they won't be going in a more conservative direction. Uh, the just about to say your description, modern Liberal, must mean... About as left wing as Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, it. what the Liberal exciting... Party throughout their campaign was anyway. Mm. Their spending yeah. promises were billions of dollars greater than Labor's. Right. Why would anyone vote for such an opposition? Um, you'd have a similar problem here in, in, in New Zealand where 
you know, the, why would you vote for the National Party over the Labour Party? Uh, what are they going to deliver differently? Um, you know, and obviously the only reason things might end up different here in New Zealand is because we don't have a first-past-the-post system. Uh, so the Nationals won three seats off rural independence because basically where were they uh, when regional Victoria was locked down? The Greens' only gain was the seat of Richmond, which they won off Labor, who had the had uh, a retiring member in Richard Wynne. Uh, so Gabriella De Verta beat uh, the fake Aboriginal Lauren O'Dwyer. So yeah, it wasn't really like a you know <laughs> much of a much quality amongst the candidates there. Oh, and also the one who had um, the grandfather, Mister Berry, with Aboriginal ties. Yeah, but the family said he wasn't Aboriginal. Yeah. So, and uh, <laughs> on the other side of the Mornington Peninsula from Hastings, uh, the Liberals uh, won back Nepean with their own celebrity candidate, ex-Australian tennis player Sam Broth. Uh, so obviously uh, celebrity candidates still have the the, the draw card, uh, if you look at the, the party totals, so there was a 5.7% swing against the Labor Party, a 0.5% swing against uh, the Liberals. The Greens only gained 0.3%, uh, Nationals gained 0.3%, others 5.6%, which included the Teal Challengers in the, the inner city and down on the Mornington Peninsula, but they failed to... To, to win a seat. They're the, the ultimate uh, paternalist, the, the Teals, uh, moaning Monique Ryan, uh, of course, saying, put your masks on. But uh, just today with the, the latest dump of uh, COVID numbers, uh, the uh, Victorians, uh, the re-elected Victorian Greens MP for Brunswick, Dr. Tim Reid, has said, uh, we need to have a mask campaign again because uh, we're going through a wave and if it gets really bad in the hospital, we, we should consider, uh, uh, you know, if the ch Chief Health Officer recommends that, uh, there sh uh, should be mandatory masks on public transport and density limits. And the reaction <laughs> so far to that online has been, yeah, nah, uh, how's fuck off sound? Yeah, and it really pisses me off when the excuse for taking away our liberties is a, a useless socialist health system which re, in which every patient is an expense rather than an income and so it can't cope. Fix that problem instead of fucking making us wear masks and follow all these extra rules. Uh, we also had this week the, the World Health organization, uh, one final bit of, of health news, uh, announced that they'd finally come up with a a non-racist stigmatizing name for monkeypox. It's going to be called mpox and there's going to be a one-year transition where you can use both monkeypox and mpox. So it reminds me of that. Transpox. Yeah, it reminds me of that uh, Hanson song, uh, mpox, uh, uh, mpop. And so I came up with my own lyric. <laughs> I came up with my own lyrics for it. M pox, doodle and bum. M pox, turns my doodle and bum. Yeah. So that's my that's my effort at song song parody. That's brilliant. Uh, on, yeah. on the first, that's where it was affecting. Uh, well, men who have sex with men. Mm. Who to, were to, uh, the perfect follow-up story from New Zealand to move on from this. Uh, we had um, the a sentencing the other week of 
uh, two men who burnt down the uh, local LGBT building in uh, Christchurch. Uh, sorry, not Christchurch, um, Taronga. There was a separate one. Uh, oh, where's that? Island. In um, Island. And uh, the arsonists got... there about three hours sentenced the leftists. The leftists were, uh, had been upset the whole time by this being a horrible hate crime, but the judge uh, specifically ruled that the two men who uh, used a drop-in, uh, who, who torched a building used as a drop-in center by two LGBTQ plus et cetera services in Tarong have been sentenced with a judge finding that the arson was, and I quote, not a hate crime. Uh, one of them got home detention and the other one went to prison for, I think, seven months. Uh, and they were both, uh, uh, the judge said they both had mental health issues uh, and uh, so on. Uh, but getting to the bottom of the article here, uh, I would just like to note here several quotes that were mentioned in, during the trial. Apparently, uh, Phillips claimed uh, that Burgess said to him that he was going to uh, burn those faggots to the ground. Uh, he also said that he held no ill feelings towards the rainbow community. Uh, and the other man, uh, Burgess said, uh, oh, sorry, Phillips as well, again, he said, that will teach them for being gay. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, that is how you burn down an LGBT center without it being a hate crime. <laughs> well, was the center made out of wood? Bundle <laughs> of sticks. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how that uh, how that happened, um, but uh, yes. Anyway, they were uh, yeah they were both um, had had severe mental health issues and don't know anything else about their backgrounds uh, beyond that. I'd say they're probably homeless and just yeah, had mm. mental health issues. And yeah. yeah, it's mentioned that they had there was like a rehab center next door, and they had attended the yeah. rehab center there. Yeah, yeah. So they're desperately uh, unwell. Uh, obviously, not a control of their cognitive faculties, and um, yeah, we can quite clearly say uh, that it's not not a hate crime. But there shouldn't be it any really laws. Yeah, because burning down a building is burning down a building, just like but to that. the left, to the left, it's important that symbolically yeah. things are hate crimes. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 they need to have these moments to advance the narrative along, otherwise um, it loses steam and they just look like idiots. That's I'm like pretty with... sure these guys didn't have insurance policies on the burnt down building, so chances are that there was some hate motivating their actions. Not that it's relevant. Yeah. Uh, like they're trying to charge the Club Q mass shooter uh, in Colorado uh, Springs with a, a gay hate crime, even though it's very hateful to murder five innocent people in cold blood and injure 11 others. I mean, if he's found guilty of murder, he's not he's not going to not going to ever be released so what's the point in charging a hate crime just to just as a double sort of you know a it's, plot. A, it's a moral victory for them that's that's really what they're after uh and uh, in similar news uh i believe this is relevant to both new zealand and australia um as well uh we heard today that the terror threat uh is being downgraded as well another uh, l for the leftists uh always talking about how the next terror attack is around the corner well, the uh, NZSIS and GCSB disagree. Uh, the terror threat has been changed to uh, has been uh, changed from high back down to medium. Uh, sorry, it's been a medium. It's now been dropped down to low. Uh, and, and then the next one down is very low. So we're at low, low at the moment. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, ours, ours, is, ours, ours has gone down here in Australia from probable uh, to uh, possible. Our... Basically, uh, for us, low means possible as well, whereas very low means not likely. Of course, anything is, is possible. Yes, exactly. There's not going to be a domestic terror, uh, terror attack. Our, uh, our uh, ASIO Director General, Mike Burgess, is, is known for his uh, bald penis head. And, of course, your SIS uh, Director is known mm -hmm. for her 90s hairdo. Mm -hmm. Yes, the, uh, her nickname is uh, from that... Um... I'm trying to that find it. Put on it thing. What's her name? Frau or something? Yeah. 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 I don't know I'm if anyone knows the name. Evil yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she definitely looks like it if you put the picture side by side. A cartoon. Yes. A cartoon villain. Like like your, <laughs> the head of the SIS looks like a cartoon villain. I mean, well, they, they well, they're chasing, uh, especially in in the in uh, when it comes to far-right extremism they're they're chasing cartoon enemies mm. i mean we, we covered the 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 book the booklet that uh, the sas uh, released <laughs> uh, about how to identify if your neighbor's an extremist and if they have political beliefs outside the mainstream yes um so yeah i i was a potential terrorist from 2002 to 2004 when I was in the Libertarians party, it would seem. <laughs> yeah, anti-government anti uh, extremist. Anti-government sentiment, yes. Uh, go uh, back. Any questions, by the way, before we go back to Australia? Sorry, any questions uh, in the chat, please put questions through and we'll get to them uh, in very short order. I'll go back to the Victorian uh, election results uh, because Dan Andrews will get a clear majority in the, the lower house, the legislative uh, assembly, which uh, with having 50 plus seats in the 88 member house there, that's a easy majority. Uh, the question is uh, what will be the makeup of the upper house? And uh, as I've previously mentioned, Victoria is the only state that uses group voting tickets for its upper house, the Legislative Council. Uh, but it also means that it's easy to calculate using the, uh, the group voting ticket uh, preference calculator because parties decide uh, a voter's preference if they vote above the line. If you want to control your preferences, you vote below the line. So the current new council, and this could change when below the line preferences are counted, Labor 15, so they've lost three, Liberals and Nationals 15, so they've won four. The Greens have uh, uh, projected to win three. They only had one. Uh, Darren Hinch's Justice Party, they have been wiped out, which is, is good. Uh, the surprise winner is the Legalised Cannabis Victoria Party. Now, it's uh, a lot of people thought they must have had really good preferences, but in some regions, they have got uh, five to six percent of the primary vote. They have done really well. They also did well at the federal election in each of the, the states as well. And I put that in part to the fact that a, now on ballot papers, both in state and federal elections, they show the party logos. And of course, the Legalised Cannabis Party, its logo is a marijuana 
leaf. And so that attracts voters in the booth. And it also shows it's a, it's a pretty, pretty powerful slogan, you know, dude, weed. And so uh, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing here. Every time the, the, they always um, manage to clock up more votes than you expect just because people yeah. are like, oh yeah, weed. Uh, the Animal Justice Party will retain a, a seat, but it won't be Andy Medic. Uh, so that's good that that'll be the, the end of, of him. Uh, so he can spend more time with his, his, his family, his wife, and his two transgender children. The Shooters, Fishers, and Farmer Party, their leader, Jeff Borman, will be re-elected. Fiona Patton is currently projected to lose her seat in the Northern Metro and uh, former Labor right power broker Adam uh, Somurek, he could uh, return uh, as a elected Democratic Labor Party MP. Uh, so uh, Fiona Patton, her slot uh, could be Somurek uh, if uh, the, if, uh, because the the current projections are that Labor, uh, well, the Democratic Labor Party will have enough group voting ticket preferences to beat Fiona Patton, but she came from behind last election to win a second term. The other good news is that One Nation could win a seat in Northern Victoria as well. But it does look like that uh, the progressive bloc, if you add uh, Labor, Greens, legalised cannabis, and animal justice that's 22 out of 40 so uh, it does look like that dan andrews will get a progressive uh, upper house that he can work with and what a disaster for the liberal democrats um no success whatsoever in the federal election as uh, the country was coming out of lockdown and now to lose two upper house members as well uh, I mean, they've they, got no between two and four percent in some yeah, of those yeah they did well areas. on primary uh but yeah no representation in any state or federal parliament now their next best shot is john ruddick uh the, the lead candidate for the new south wales legislative council at the the state election in march 2023 where the quota is only around about four percent so he's a decent chance and he's a high profile candidate as a ex uh, reform advocate and also media personality as well so yes some good news and some bad news in the the victorian upper house but uh, we won't know by uh, the results until well the the results won't be formally formal until the writs are returned to the governor on December 13. And there still has to be a supplementary election for the seat of Narakan because of the, the nationalist candidate who died the week before the election. Colin Penfold here is uh, not, uh, he, he's, he's uh, drawn people's attention to the fact that the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party uh, did uh, preferences with Labor and didn't preference the uh, Liberal Democrats and other freedom parties. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm a stupid <laughs> moron says, why doesn't Tim run for upper house? I did run uh, in the 2014 
federal elect, uh, sorry, state Victorian state election for the, the Liberal Democrats. I was involved with the Liberal Democrats from 2010 to 2017. I ran uh, for uh, the Victorian Senate at the 2013 federal election and for the seat of Dunkley at the 2016 federal election. But I'm, I, uh, burnt out from party politics now. I'm more than happy having my say and uh, fighting the info war here with the unshackled now, uh, where basically uh, I have more, well, running your own platform, you basically have uh, have more freedom to, to say uh, what you really believe. I did not know that, Tim. I thought I told you. <laughs> no, well, maybe you did, but yeah, I didn't know that. But you're right in terms of sharing a um, platform with other people. Like when I ran for the Auckland mayoralty, um, I could say whatever the hell I liked. Um, but when you're running, well, when I was running for the ACT Party, God, if I said one thing wrong, you you realise you're letting the entire team down, and it's 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 less pleasant. <laughs> I'll look that up. I'm a stupid moron. That uh, I remember there was another academic paper from Deakin University where we mentioned uh, 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 mentioned uh, in a paper about uh, far-right influence so I'll have a look at mm-hmm. have a look at at that uh, while the the show continues New Zealand uh, uh, continuing We've the, got a- uh, the oh, oh, go you go no you go on origin go go for it Oh yeah, I um I was just reading here Colin Penfold. He has a question, so I thought I'd read it out. I'm not sure if I understand it fully, but uh, it says I wanted to ask uh, about auditor citizen journalism in New Zealand. What you thought about it? I'm afraid I don't know what that is either. Um, it's probably related to the counterspin stuff that I don't really know anything about. Um, like, uh, what is it? The sovereign citizen stuff? Is that what it's related to? Um, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Uh, but anyway, on that subject, I was going to talk about, uh, our first, uh, crime spree, another crime spree incident in New Zealand. We had the first, uh, saboteur, uh, in New Zealand history, a man named Graham Phillip, uh, received a three-year jail sentence for acts of sabotage. And he, um, was uh, basically he tried to burn down the national power grid. Uh, you can uh, listen to him talking about it on Telegram uh, in this 30-second uh, clip here, if it'll play. Uh, it doesn't really work, I found out. Uh, we'll, we'll give it a go. Can't hear anything. Uh, anyway, basically, he, he talks about this on Telegram. He says that as an act of, uh, like, a protest... Uh, a legitimate protest would be like destroying the national power grid, uh, destroying the uh, the microwave towers, assuming it's 5G, and mm. uh, the breaking the internet cable. Uh, as he found out, uh, that is not a form of legitimate protest, um, and he has been sentenced to three years in prison, which you think is uh, surprisingly little for trying to, you know, just destroy the uh, the power grid of New Zealand. Uh, he did one point. Uh, $25 million worth of damage to uh, a trans power station, uh, even started a fire. Uh, and uh, yeah, and the Crown, uh, instead of uh, charging him with terrorism, they charged him with uh, sabotage, which is a uh, an offense that dates back to the Second World War. Um, probably appropriate in this case, uh, since it, it 
it doesn't appear to, uh, it doesn't really fit, uh, I guess, the, the terrorist uh, or, or the general. Uh, uh, I guess he wasn't working motivation. for an organization. Yeah, it doesn't fit the motivation of terrorism. But uh, the part of this problem is, and we've mentioned this on the show before, is the sort of sovereign citizen uh, uh, movement that he seems to be part of is the people who don't understand the law and do incredibly stupid, dangerous things, get themselves into trouble, get their families and friends into trouble. Uh, and uh, then they end up in prison like he has. Uh, and in his case, he did a lot of damage to the power grid as well. And he could have ended up killing people if he had actually brought, you know, actually brought the grid down. Um, He'll probably claim but we're also finding out, out and he can't get a job as well. Uh, uh, the, the consequences well, be... anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, uh, there are some interesting um, parallels with the Waihopi um, spy base trio, which ran the defense of honestly held belief uh, that the sabotage and destruction of the covers for the um, the, uh, the listening dishes that the um, American security forces uh, used to spy on their enemies around the world, um, uh, which cost I think million, they didn't end up ended up doing millions of dollars worth of damage but anyway they said that they thought they were saving lives in iraq and um they got off got free so there are you know um phillips here he, he believes that he was saving was trying to save you know the freedoms of people who are resisting the covid tyranny so you know it, it, they came down on him pretty hard though so obviously like um at the time the uh the iraq protests reflected the mainstream consensus of like progressive um, left-wing politics here in New Zealand. So it just goes to show once again, like if you have something that reflects progressivism, that you're going to get treated differently. <clears throat> right, because that the trio uh, back then, 2008, they actually did. Did they successfully sabotage something? Um, oh yeah, yeah, they yeah. They, they yeah, but they weren't charged the with sabotage, uh, or they yeah. weren't convicted of it. Um, but yeah, they, there is a slightly different case as well. I believe if, for instance, uh, something like critical infrastructure where that where people's lives depend on it, uh, is of course creates more trouble as well, uh, because it's like, well, you could have killed somebody, which is very different to, uh, you know, saying that you are, uh, saving people's lives. So anyway, it's a sad, it's a sad case all around because even if he did have genuinely held beliefs, um, to see people get trapped in that, uh, and then go to jail and ruin their lives for it and have their families hurt. Uh, is such a waste. Uh, there's also been a few uh, 5G towers uh, set alight in uh, New Zealand as well. Uh, earlier, earlier this year, in uh, he, uh, there was a well, a man who uh, who uh, set fire to a 5G tower in in Mount Eliza. So he rode his electric. Uh, scooter to the telco tower where he used wire cutters to cut through the fence climbing to an air conditioner vent and set a liquid alight this was back in october 2021 uh so he has been uh sent to uh prison for 11 months uh so yes uh, and there's like in my opinion like it's uh, i won't describe a, a the uh, uh, the, the belief that people have that 5G fries people's brains is a conspiracy theory, because as we know these days, most conspiracy theories turn out to be through. I just, uh, they, they have a, 
un, unfounded, unproven views on 5G is probably the best way to describe that. I love 5G. I mean, I have a 5G phone. <laughs> well, it causes, uh, um, the, the theory behind it is intracellular heating. So um, if you're close yeah, to it, it like if, you're, yeah, if you put it next to your bed, it does mitochondrial damage. It's going to fry your brain if you put it next to your bed. Um, well, let's see. Yeah, but, but like apparently 4G was okay. The reason why there's so many 5G towers uh, around is because uh, to uh, to get the speeds up, they've they've got to be much more towers than there were before. Yeah, and it also means the higher frequency, the the less likely it is to go through objects. So, like if you're inside your house and the tower is outside your house, it can't. It's it's more difficult for it to go through your walls than like 4G or 3G and so on. Anyway, yeah, this I've, is, uh, I've lived through that nightmare for four months since mm -hmm. moving to the cbd mm -hmm. in fact still living through the nightmare of trying to get my money back for the modem i returned months ago <laughs> um, there was a question what? just before about um new zealand's hate speech laws yes. um so they're they're only going to get very slightly stricter at the moment um ironically no blasphemy it's a big. Yeah. It's a. It's a, it's been strengthened uh, slightly, but it's a win. Yeah. It's. A, I think it's a big win in terms of that they're not including uh, LGBT expressions in hate speech, um, but they are including not just religion, but sort of like religious groups. So, um, but not religion in general. So I don't believe this is necessarily ever going to be implemented. Um, but we had our official blasphemy laws repealed two years ago that were never used. And these are not even as strong as our blasphemy laws used to be. So on the whole, I consider it a, a big win. Uh, and I think it also shows just um, how uh, politically well, clever uh, Minister of Justice Kerry Allen is. I mean, we remember the previous Minister of Justice, fuck, I can't remember his name now, but um, he had reporters running circles around him asking whether making comments about boomers was going to count as hate speech, and he couldn't oh, answer yes. any of the questions. Kerry uh, uh, got a much softer interview about a month ago, and uh, she actually promised that she would put uh, legislation forward that would be in place by the next election. Um, and so this very, very soft increase in hate speech laws will get through, and it's not going to frighten the horses uh, as the previous ones were. Um, Labor's probably getting very nervous about uh, the floating centre voter at the moment, and so this will be one yeah. less thing that frightens them, yeah. because there's no way Labor's going to win the culture war. Yeah, but don't breathe a sigh of relief yet, no. because um, it's actually just been pushed over to the Law Commission to look at again. Yeah. Um, and we probably won't hear anything about it till after the election. Yeah, That's yeah basically, if they win, if they win the election, they'll go full steam ahead with all of this. But it's basically everything's been put on hold until after the election. Uh, that's what it sounds like. So they're tactically, um, they're tactically pausing the unpopular parts of their agenda. Yeah, yeah I mean, three terms is the norm in New Zealand politics. So mm -hmm. um, I, I guess they figure once they get to three. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, the third Labour government in the the eighties only lasted two terms, so they got a lot. Well, that more was time. the last two term government. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. ever um, since you... three terms, seven out of ten New Zealand governments have run for at least uh, three terms since nineteen thirty five. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, uh, sorry. To... Yeah, you go. The video that Stephen Barry is referring to, the interview that Stephen Barry is referring to, you can actually find on the Right Minds channel. The previous. Um, 
uh, justice minister, his name was Chris Fafoy, um, and he was interviewed by uh, Tova O'Brien. He was asked about uh, if you would say certain things, if it would end up being hate speech. Um, so if you go to the right, right Minds channel, it's called Political Persecution via Hate Speech Laws. Um, and it's a one and a half minute video. And uh, you can see the interview where he um, she, he's asked, if you say Jacinda Ardern is a communist and a dictator, will you go, you know, will you get arrested for hate speech? And he basically said, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, the police will decide. Well, yeah, obviously, uh, we know now that uh, that will be uh, permitted speech, but also be factually correct. And you can also call the, the new justice minister, continue to call her, Kerry Allen. Uh, you can say that she looks like a man and dresses like a man and you won't fall afoul of any yes, uh, yes. hate speech laws. But uh, what I was going to segue into was uh, the, the, the latest, uh, are they still called Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry poll of polls? Um, well, I call, I just call it the Stephen Berry poll of polls now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it looks like, you know, what has looked pr pretty, uh, pretty safe trend for the last six months in New Zealand politics that, um, the majority for national and actors poll between one and three seats in parliament quite consistently. Um, but over the last six weeks or so, it's become clear that um, some old man who won't just fuck off and die um, is very likely to make another comeback in New Zealand politics and ruin the right-wing free market revolution for everyone. Um, Winston <laughs> Peters uh, was uh, in the 2017 to 2020 um, coalition with Labour, uh, which destroyed his support. Um, this time around, he's been the only mainstream uh, political party to uh, support the victims of the vaccination mandates after all the parliamentary ones um, disregarded those people. Um, and it would appear that the anti-mandate voters are now starting to flock to New Zealand first because they have, they're the only ones that really have a realistic chance of crossing the 5% threshold. Um, so just this picture here, that's that's what the House of Representatives is looking like on the current poll of polls. Very narrow National Act victory of one seat, uh, three for Maori, 14 for the Greens, and 42 for Labour. If you can go back to the previous um, House of Representatives. So if New Zealand first gets 5%, they will then hold the balance of power. And it's very difficult to guess how that will uh, play out in terms of coalition negotiations. So didn't he, uh, Winston Peters, say he's not going to go with Adern again? Hasn't he said yeah, that? He said yes, he the only way he'll get back in is if he promises that, so that's what he's promised. Uh, because Winston yep. Peters will probably has to promise. Yeah, that will be he... another thing that keeps his vote growing, aside from the fact that... Um, the anti-mandate vote is starting to move his way as well. And also the anti-three uh, three rivers and also he will be as well, uh, you know, Labour voters who are upset with, with uh, Labour Party but wouldn't vote for the National Party as so well, they flock to him as well. So um, yeah, that's right. Uh, he does have a good chance, speaking of predictions coming up to the end of the show now as well. 
Um, that is certainly a prediction that I would seem would deem very likely at this stage is the return of Winston Peters next year. Mm. There was just one uh, more question slide here. On is, there which showed the oh, um, support for the question? minnow parties. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, there was one more slide on there. That's, okay, sorry. So this was the it's the Cantar poll is the only one that publishes the minnow party. So you've got Vision New Zealand, um, which is anti-mandates. You've got Outdoors Freedom on 0.6%, which is anti-mandate. We're, we're seeing, you know, a scattering of support towards all these parties that would otherwise never register. Um, I would say the next time we see a Cantar Party poll, the support for most of those parties will have collapsed into nothing. And uh, Winston will be very, very close to 5%. Um, final uh, topic that uh, I... Uh, get through before we can just finish uh, with uh, audience uh, questions is that uh, the Australian Federal Parliament has uh, wrapped up for the year and so it's uh, been just over six months since the election of the Albanese Labor government. It's a Labor today, they're commemorating the, the, fi the, the 50th anniversary of the election of the disastrous Gough Whitlam Labor government uh, from 1972 to 75, which of course uh, culminated in the constitutional crisis where the Governor-General sacked Gough Whitlam. Uh, he uh, brought, uh, uh, brought Labor back to federal government uh, for the first time in 23 years, although Albanese, even though he has uh, been uh, or has been a lifelong member of Labor's left faction, he's trying to be more like uh, Bob Hawke, uh, the Labor Prime Minister from the 80s, who was a much more successful and long-serving Prime Minister for eight and a half years. Uh, so he has... It was uh, also one of the ones that um, were part of the 1980s free market reforms that spread around the world at the time. Uh, so uh, he's uh, delivered uh, Albanese uh, for the the base. Uh, so the National Anti-Corruption uh, Commission, the NAC, uh, came into to law uh, despite the Greens and the Teals wanting uh, a, a greater, like the, the threshold for public hearings to be reduced, not just in ex exceptional circumstances. They got uh, Teal Independent ACT Senator David uh, Pocock to pass their multi-employer bargaining legislation. And uh, in other uh, developments, a former Prime Minister Scott Morrison was censured by the House of Representatives for his uh, secret ministries uh, during his last term of government. Uh, he, he, in his speech, he basically uh, he apologised to his colleagues, but basically he was still saying, you know, I still didn't really do anything, anything wrong. Uh, one Liberal MP, uh, backbencher Bridget Archer, crossed the floor to vote for the censure motion. The the, the party line wa uh, from the, the Liberals that they weren't going to support it because it was a stunt, uh, though a frontbencher Karen Andrews, who was very upset with Scott Morrison taking her portfolio of home affairs, she abstains, so she can't, doesn't technically have to resign from the front bench for crossing the floor. The National Party, uh, 
uh, they announced that they were going to be opposing the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Uh, we had some uh, better news on the inflation front uh, this week uh, with inflation uh, for the year ending October uh, at 6.9%, which is down from the year uh, ending from September, 6.9%. Uh, so there had been uh, some easing uh, in the food and non-alcoholic uh, beverage uh, price uh, from 9.6% to 8.9% uh, in October. Uh, fuel prices are uh, reducing, uh, which makes it when the Reserve Bank uh, meets next Tuesday for the final time this year, it's less likely they'll go with a massive rate hike like your uh, Reserve Bank. They'll probably just go 0.25% because they were predicting that inflation would peak at around 8% in uh, December. Uh, but uh, the energy prices, uh, that continues to be an inflationary threat. Uh, so... Of course, a, a Labor Labor government a, a is uh, well a modern Labor government is going to be more like uh, Whitlam when, uh, rather than Hawke when it comes to the free market. So they want to put uh, price caps on coal and gas. These states are irate because they get royalties from uh, from coal mining, and so they want to demand compensation if there's a cap. And so both. Dominic Perrottet, New South Wales Liberal Premier in Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk are very uh, upset. Uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk, she told the Albanese government, hands off our generators. So when it comes to state-federal relations, it doesn't matter what stripe. If you're going to deny state government's revenue, they'll be irate at the federal government. We also had uh, some significant uh, legal news today. So the retrial of Bruce Learman, the former uh, Liberal staffer uh, accused of uh, raping uh, another former Liberal staffer, Brittany Higgins. There won't be a retrial, the ACT Director of Public Prosecution said, because of Brittany Higgins, uh, uh, the how it would be Affect, affect too greatly her mental uh, state. The It was declared a mistrial, the first trial, because some jury member had, had uh, it was discovered they had some information about trying to read if witnesses were lying. But it even if it wasn't a mistrial, it looked like it was going to be a hung jury. So Bruce Learman, according to our legal system, he is innocent because you're innocent until proven guilty. And it looks like he will never be proven guilty. But of course, this uh, works well for the feminist narrative that, uh, see, the legal system is, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not favourable to rape and sexual assault victims if uh, this happens. So there's a proposal that in retrials that uh, the, uh, compl the uh, uh, complainant's evidence uh, be recorded from the first trial and be able to play it at a retrial so they're not re-traumatized by having to give evidence again. I think the last thing we should do is change um, a legal system which has stood up extremely well for centuries uh, just because of one uh, event. 
Exactly. Especially, well, the, 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 the feminists, they long haven't liked uh, the, the fact that it's beyond, that our burden of proof is beyond reasonable doubt. I mean, they like to uh, convict men of uh, uh, sexual misconduct in the court of public opinion. I mean, an interview with Lisa Wilkinson basically is the equivalent of a guilty verdict now in the, the court of public uh, opinion uh, with uh, some of these uh, social media feminists. I mean, they still call Kyle Rittenhouse a murderer, even though he was found not guilty by a, a jury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly a, a robust of, legal uh, system. Quality. Yeah, a, a robust legal system stands in the way of the revolution. Uh, and uh, yeah, stands in the way of absolute tyranny as well. As 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 we were talking about earlier, you can't just write on a on a a, a ticket you yeah. broke uh, this you law. Broke the law. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> without <laughs> what exactly Actually, they broke. I got off a $200 fine for driving without a warrant because the police officer forgot to write $200 on the ticket. Well, as it should be. Uh, mm. Anyway, we've got a few more questions here in the chat. Um, we'll go on for another 10 minutes at least uh, since it is the last show. Yep. And, and the uh, entropy is, uh, for Super Chats. The first question here is about why is this the last show? Um, and I mentioned this at the beginning, which I'll repeat again. Um, next year is an election year in New Zealand, um, and I'll be focusing a bit more on the election and New Zealand-specific uh, content and, and what's going on here. Um, and also, um, I my family, my kids are getting a bit older. Our family is has grown. So um, Friday evenings are becoming just a, a, not a, a great time for live streams. So uh, it's just time to wrap it up, but I will definitely be appearing on Wilms Front every now and then, and yes, I'll be producing uh, a lot of content. Wilms um, Front so- uh, will be continuing, as will Tim's News Explosion. So Tim's News Explosion will continue every Monday, 8.30 p.m. Uh, Melbourne time on the Wilms Front channels, and hopefully I can lock in with the, the end of uh, Trad Tasman Talk, uh, more Wilms Front featured interview shows, which uh, they currently air uh, when they do at 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on the Wilms Front channels. But I'll do a poll on my Telegram channel because I do know that viewerships are down on Thursday. If you'd like me to continue airing interviews on Thursdays or whether you prefer a Tuesday or Wednesday or another night. So I'll leave that to the audience. I have got a Wilms Front guest for next week. I'm going to be speaking with... Uh, uh, ex-Qantas uh, pilot and a campaigner against the vaccine mandates uh, for pilots and airline staff, uh, Graham Hood. Uh, his his uh, life story is uh, one inspiring. Uh, he, uh, 30 years ago, managed to give up a uh, pornography uh, addiction. Uh, so he is, he, there's, there's a lot to learn from him and also be inspired by as well um and just reiterating my excuse um well i've been in politics for about 20 years now um much of that as a as a political candidate and then when i retired uh, in commentary things um one of which cost me my job And so, you know, I, I, I've done my bit for 20 years and I think it's time to just focus on having, uh, just, you know, paying my bills and um, doing a regular job. 
for the time being. Um, I'll still have my weekly column for subscribers on the bfd.co.nz, but... Uh, and also... Yeah, uh, I've done my best. You're also welcome to have the articles published on the unshackled.net, uh, uh, though I know that... Uh, but as a, over at the the, the BFD, uh, we can't compete with their fee for for writing. It, it pays a little bit, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, are you still going to write things for RightMinds.nz? Because that uh, do it because their website. Is uh, still... Yes, there is. It's still up. Um, there's there are some changes coming. Uh, if I have some time over the summer, I have a few other uh, website volunteer website rebuild priorities um but there's some there's some possible changes coming there that i've been planning for a while um and again uh you know perhaps i'll i'll, I'll spend a little bit more time there and i do plan to do a bit more writing especially like i said it's an it's an election year um i'll be getting back into uh, into that kind of uh content um i'm actually kind of most of my writing is going out on behalf of Helen Houghton for New Conservative at the moment. So if you see or say some spicy things, um, I may have had a hand in some of that. So. Hey, you've just ask you if you were still involved in New Conservatives. And yes, as well. So next year I will be uh, uh, involved. Uh, at least I'm sort of involved with a lot of the digital uh, campaign side of things and I'm on the board still as well. Um, I probably won't be campaigning as a candidate uh, as much. I may be a candidate in name, who knows, haven't really decided, um, but I'm enjoying uh, just, you know, uh, ha having a bit of fun on the, on, the on the strategy side of things and seeing if we can uh, peel off a few more socially conservative voters from the National Party next year. It'll be a bit of a slog, but, you know, I'm up uh, for a, a long, a long game if it's needed. Do, uh, I saw that. You, um... Sorry, can I just get in here? Um, are you are you wanting to talk about March at all, or are you want to keep a lid on that? Uh, uh, we haven't got anything confirmed yet, but uh, I, I may mention it as well. Anyway, um, I've got my court case against the New Zealand Police that's been going for three years, uh, or will have been going for three years. Come March, um, we possibly will have a court date, an actual court date in March. Um, we have to get final confirmation of that. But uh, due to the COVID lockdowns, uh, time and time again, our court dates have been cancelled. They've been pushed down. Um, but uh, because Crown Law forgot to turn up to the last meeting, uh, we managed to get all of the victories, sort of at least, uh, you know, be able to, to, to push for a, a date, another date to be put down. So we may get a, a court case there and um, I hope hoping for a solid victory against uh, New Zealand police for unjustly raiding my house back in uh, 2020. In January of 2020. Uh, uh, Are you still facing any charges? Or is no, no, they any... never charged me. They never charged me with any crimes. I didn't oh, commit any crimes, right. and so I'm challenging. I'm challenging the war, the base, the very basis of the warrant. Uh, the I can't share the. I was going to share the evidence with people that they used against me, but Crown Law uh, said they would sue me for contempt of court if I shared the evidence in public. So I can't tell you why I'm going to win, uh, but once I've won, I can tell you why they would have sued me if I told you. <laughs> about it beforehand i mean congrats and respect uh for a your determination to yeah, make make sure that well you get justice for yourself and also expose uh, what 
what we all suspect was a politically motivated uh, raid uh, because you are a firearms owner and defender of of firearms rights. Uh, I was going to mention also, uh, I saw the the new uh, Conservatives uh, anti-grooming petition for New Zealand. One of my predictions for 2023 is that uh, the groomers' uh, advance will continue and certainly uh, both their campaigns and actions will escalate because there's really been no consequences for them here in Australia. No, absolutely no. And and in New Zealand too, nobody wants to talk about it going into an election year, Um, but Helen is very keen. I'm very keen to help her. So we'll do, we'll make all the noise that we can, uh, especially with the opportunity of an election year. Um, So that'll be a big focus next year for me. I'll play uh, well, uh, just before we finish. Uh, there was a, a local, a Sydney uh, alt media personality, Lockie Kavanagh, uh, who uh, confronted staff at the Balenciago store in Sydney. Hello, Devin. How do you guys feel about the fact that you work with a company that openly supports child abuse? How do you feel about that? Well, no comment. No comment. No opinion on child abuse whatsoever. Pretty self-evident. I know if I, if I was working for a company that openly endorses stuff, I'd be looking for a new job, guys. If that was my kid, fuck, that'd be terrible, right? Did you guys know that Balenciaga was involved in the exploiting children? Exploiting no, children? Not before. Well, they are. I wouldn't be shopping here. You think it's good? Yeah, you think it's good? You think it's good? It's good that this company, you know, supports child abuse. It's Look at them, they're all fucking cows. Look at them. I'm walking away from my talk. You can't answer questions. You're all ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Despicable stuff, mate. Despicable. You guys need to turn back. You need to turn back. Yeah? This is very Christian, mate. Yeah. yeah, well, it is, yeah. Exposing the works of darkness is Christian, mate. We judge righteous. That's it. We judge righteously, mate. I love it. What? You love it. You are not Catholic. You do not support the works of God, mate. You need to repent, turn back to him. Maybe he's in a seminary. Uh, But I fear that uh, Balenciago, they'll just sort of lie low for a while and be able to sort of uh, re-emerge like nothing happened because that's what happens with uh, these sorts of of companies. even when uh, they engage in such uh, heinous conduct. Now, the documents they had in those photos were actual, uh, you know, documents about real cases. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tim. Yes, it was a a US Supreme Court case, which which, uh, struck struck down some provisions against virtual child pornography. So basically what that showed is that they were double checking that the photo shoot they were doing was legal and they weren't going to get into legal trouble for it. Yeah. And uh, uh, as usual, the uh, perpetrators will probably not face any repercussions. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, the pressure needs to be kept on. Uh, That may not have been the right way to do it, but uh, certainly... Uh, overseas, uh, people who are able to put uh, pressure on them for this, uh, to keep uh, digging, keep looking for uh, these kinds of offences. Uh, it's the only way forward is 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 to keep is for people to to keep noticing. A economic and, and geopolitical predictions for twenty twenty three. 
Um, I think crypto will continue to struggle as interest rates rise because um, there'll be putting your money in the bank, for example, will probably make you more money than crypto at the moment. Well, as long as you don't invest yeah. in crypto exchange, which is... And that's exactly what's happening is these crypto exchanges uh, have, they've always been uh, running Ponzi's and scams at the exchanges. As we say with Bitcoin, not, not, your, uh, uh, not your keys, not your coins. Um, but even I've seen stories uh, today of um, pension funds and Canadian teachers' pension funds. <laughs> they put uh, huge sums of money into these crypto exchanges. So you think you're putting money into the stock market and uh, the stockbrokers, they're buying the stock of the, uh, the, the, the crypto exchanges. Uh, so absolutely insane uh, stuff. And yeah, most of these fake coins will go to zero anyway or very close to it. Um, but yeah, next year will be, I think, a uh, as we call it, a crypto winter. Uh, so it's a good time to buy more Bitcoin uh, if you're like me. Uh, if you have some spare cash, once you're paying your eight, nine, ten percent interest rates, and you've still got some money left over, you know, uh, put it in Bitcoin instead of the bank. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, New Zealand and the UK would definitely enter recession. I think Australia. Uh, New Zealand is guaranteed to enter a recession because our Reserve Bank has promised uh, a yeah. recession next year. Yeah. Um, I think with uh, Australia, like it'll be sort of 50-50 given that our resources sector uh, will continue to be really uh, strong, but that doesn't mean that energy prices won't uh, further increase. I think that'll be the, the main driver of uh, inflation next year and pushing people, uh, reducing people's uh, standard of living in terms of the geopolitical scene. I think that the Russia-Ukraine conflict will continue to be a stalemate. And I also I think that uh, the CCP, Xi Jinping, will put uh, annexing Taiwan on the back burner as they try to manage their transition from zero COVID to opening up to the rest of the world because their economy is tanking and of course the people are not happy yeah and i don't think that for instance the chinese government will collapse or perhaps probably perhaps even the iranian government uh, i think no i mean i hope survive they do i mean <laughs> i did dare to dream that dan would lose the election exactly um yes and it's going to be a very cold winter in europe um things are looking very ugly there in terms of energy prices um but uh, I think you're right about the uh, the Ukraine war is that things will be, um, you know, the is basically war often comes down to production. Like, can you produce enough tanks and bullets and bombs uh, over a long period of time? And for the Ukrainians, they've, you know, as long as Western countries continue to ship in munitions, um, nothing's, got, nothing's going to change. Well, the other problem is that even if the Ukraine pushes Russia right back to their borders, even if they took the Crimea and pushed them to their borders, they're not going to invade Russia, are they? Well, they just want Ukraine. Or when I say just want, <laughs> I make it sound so reasonable. They, yeah, but, they, but, but it won't because some, a victory for Ukraine would necessitate, would be, would, would uh, also have uh, involve regime change, as the Americans call it in Russia. So it would, Russia would be dissolved in the process by, by um, you know, American special, uh, uh, you know, CIA and, and so on. So, I also, 
Do we think that um, Putin's sick? Um, I don't think him shuffling his feet really matters. When my um, ADHD medication wears off, my feet move around. They're just rumors. rumors. All of it is fake. Yeah, all of it is fake. And and another thing is to um, whoever replaces Putin, if he goes, will be uh, worse in a sense, will be more militant than Putin. Um, he Putin is probably the moderate. Uh, in the Russian political context. So I mean, he tweeted 20, uh, well, well, he did invade Georgia in 2008, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's it's not like he, as soon as, mm-hmm. like a few years in, he just started annexing <laughs> uh, old, old Soviet <laughs> territory. Um, I also predict that uh, the US deep state uh, and the, the rhino Republicans, they'll, uh, sh- uh, they'll, they'll push... DeSantis vote covertly and overtly uh, for president over Trump as as much as uh, they can uh, because they believe that Trump is irrevocably damaged by his dinner with, with Yi. And uh, for uh, Victoria in 2023, um, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, if Dan will bring back uh, any COVID things. I doubt that he'd do that unless there was a national consensus. Uh, but uh, definitely cost of energy will increase with him bringing back the state Electricity Commission, and also that uh, Melbourne will continue to be roadwork gridlock central with uh, all of these infrastructure projects. Uh, I mean, Auckland is the same. It, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, in fact, next year we're going to start shutting down huge parts of our train system uh, to be rebuilt. So yeah, you've got to shut uh, it down to make it greater. Build it back yeah, better. yeah. So they've they're going to be three years of like rolling shutdowns in, in our train in a system which yeah it, it, before that uh, before they even build the train to the airport <laughs> so um, that's not going anywhere uh it's just in the, I think the question here is just getting married. um i should answer this question but it was just in getting married this one from amy i think we'll just in to finally get married next year before the election no no, no yeah so we can rule that one out. She will not get married before the election. But doesn't it also yeah, need to be uh, with Lord's uh, tour schedule as well? Yeah, it has to. The, basically, she her excuse was that her friends couldn't make it, which probably means that Lord had has some tours booked next year, and uh, her other DJ friend, uh, friends uh, who uh, yeah yeah it. Clark's DJ friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, whether this wedding will ever happen, uh, that's a very different prediction. Uh, we'll, 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 uh, uh, to to finish off, because, uh, yeah, we're nearly at an hour and a half. We've got two thank you super chats. Uh, so some random bloke for five Australian dollars. Thanks, Tim. Uh, thank you for the super chat. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll say thank you on your behalf to the, the rest of the, the team here at Trad Tasman Talk, uh, Due, who's been with us, well, we've, we've, we launched the show right at the, the beginning, and uh, Stephen joined us uh, this year, and of course, Origin, uh, all important voiceover, and uh, the other super chat is from our regular generous super chatter all throughout uh, Trad Tasman Talk, Clark Key, uh, who is, Go we figured Clarky. out, uh, for Thank US uh, 50 uh, dollars, so that's quite a lot more in Australian dollars and especially New Zealand dollars. Clarkie's years, guess we'll see you in the inevitable media hit pieces instead 
of here, uh, do I have a great 2023 and go hard? Yes, you'll still have your uh, online uh, stalkers watching your activity. Absolutely. Uh and uh some some media who knows uh, it'll be good we'll have a f i'm sure i'm sure we'll have a few media head pieces next year um and uh like i said you may if you tune into uh possibly some uh new conservative live streams with helen i may do some q a's next year so i'll, I'll you'll be able to uh catch me live in uh places but it won't be every second or every friday like it was for the first two years of the show or every second friday like it's been for this year um, but uh, I won't what about, be disappearing entirely. What about um, uh, hosting uh, a debate like between the left? That would be quite entertaining. Uh, this is that's like 2016. We don't do debates anymore. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you do. You do the instructions. <laughs> you destroy them. And we, I, if we could find a leftist to debate, uh, we could definitely sort that out. In fact, the last debate that I did was with Stephen Barry because I think that was yeah. about that's about as far apart left and right as, as we can manage to get a debate these days. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's uh, I could like because I went to Stephen's uh, uh, stand up on on Wednesday and uh, yes, his uh, his his, his stand up that's where you can see the the, the real difference between. <laughs> you two when it comes to tasting comedy i mean <laughs> I, 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 I think that was probably some of the worst stuff i've ever said though not the worst stuff i've ever thought about so yes yes that was yeah, yeah. Uh, shocking. Uh, and somebody's saying i should go full uh full nick fuentes uh well uh uh nick nick i'm not sure if i'm going to be going on alex jones talking about certain groups of people and historical uh political movements like nick fuentes but um, you are a christian I, I nationalist I now. i'm i'm definitely on board with christian nationalism uh whether i can do monologues i don't know i've never been into monologue shows um but i perhaps we'll do some more uh recordings of articles that are things i've written um so i could read out things that i've written uh, i may give that a go next year uh like i'm not making any promises but um uh, you know we'll it's it, it'll depend on how much time I have outside of what would be usually, you know, streaming hour, like, you know, time when people are available in the evenings, maybe uh, odd times that I can prepare some, some pre-recorded things. Uh, yeah. 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 Doing uh, change my mind at universities uh, would get you kicked off by the campus uh, security in probably about five minutes. Uh, we had, uh, in fact, uh, Stephen's going to love this one. We had a stand, uh, we have a standard field days, a new conservative has a standard field days this week. Um, and uh, Amy and I might be there tomorrow. By the way, if you're in Hamilton, uh, you can come and say hi. Uh, but anyway, we had to stand there, and uh, uh, our guys were running a competition called Pelt Your Favorite Politician. They put like all the politicians' faces up with with little sticky uh, Velcro sticky things on them. You could throw a little um, a little ping pong ball to stick to their faces of your favorite politician. Um, and the management of the field days came and uh, canceled the competition because it was uh, deemed offensive. By somebody from the ACT Party, uh, so, somebody... <laughs> so somebody from the ACT Party complained that uh, we were too offensive and uh, uh, said it's that uh, our sense of humour was not appropriate. We had a libertarian stand um, right across from the National Party stand one year, and we put up a banner saying, "Where are our tax cuts, you bastards?" A national complained, but um, the banner stayed. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, uh, very. 
the pearl clutches uh, they've they've increased all round uh oh, certainly yeah. over the 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 time of of this show we should also thank uh she's in the chat uh Amy, uh, for uh, supporting uh, do a, uh, doing uh, Tread Tasman talk these these past three years. She's also uh, supports the the new conservative cause, and I guess uh, the rest of us should be thankful to to our spouses as well for for their support as well. And we are now at ninety minutes. Uh, any? Final comments, but we'll probably wrap up the show. Uh, so, any, any, any final, final words time. from the the audience? I think we've we've said everything that uh, has been said. Thank you, Dewey. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Origin. It's been we've had an excellent run these past three years. Thank you so much to the loyal audience who've uh, tuned in every week. Or well. Uh, the, the weeks that we have had a, a show because we always promised to have a show every week, but it hasn't always happened. So thank you for your loyal support and also your super chats as well. Yes, thank you. Uh, first of all, to Tim as well, who suggested this all those years ago. Um, I've really enjoyed doing the show. Uh, it, was a, it was a great idea and you've put everything together. Most of the time I just kind of turn up, I prepare the notes and, and turn up and uh, Tim did all of the planning initially. And the uh, thank tech, you. tech work. And the tech work, that's right. And thank you very much to uh, all the audience. Uh, you guys have made the show possible and been the reason why we kept it going for so long. Uh, just seeing your uh, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of comments come through every show uh, has been amazing. Yeah, and yeah, thank you very much, Tim. And uh, thank you to everyone who's watched and welcomed me uh, partway through and um, really enjoyed doing it. For as long as I have. Take care, everyone. But of course, I'll be still here on the Wilmsfront and Unshackled channels. So I'll see you all next Monday uh, for Tim's News Explosion. But uh, for Trad Tasman Talk, uh, this is uh, this program signing off. So good night and uh, thank you once again. Good night and thank you. Good night. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit theunshackles.net and rightminds.nz.